clinically, what I've seen with patients over the years is that sometimes that traumatic loss is so paralyzing, people can't even exercise. Yeah. They can't even breathe. Yeah. So one of the things that we've used to help them compartmentalize so that they can continue to carry out their activities of daily living is grief is okay. So vitamin D really is, Does a body good. is more than a vitamin. It's actually, it's got a way to hook on to and signal through hormone receptors. So people have said it's kind of a, a vita hormone or a hormone, a vitamin. It does both. I don't know how many of you have ever seen the old classic Christmas story, It's a Wonderful Life, right? But but in that movie, there was a run on the banks, right? And it's like, oh my word, nobody had any, any cash. Well, this actually is happening in real life and it won't be a wonderful life, right? healthy ways to help cope with that word called grief or traumatic loss? Well, offhand, don't be afraid to cry. You know, I think a lot of people try to repress those tears, but the... They think it's a sign of weakness. It's not. It's a sign of strength because if you can learn to cry, um, I'm not saying out of control crying, but I'm saying if you learn to cry, you can actually see things better. It actually washes your eyes out if you get my point with that. Sometimes the eyes of your heart, but I think people really can understand this thing. We were talking just briefly beforehand that exercise works. It's expected when people go into a place of grief or great trauma that they might be a little depressed. I mean, who wouldn't be? That's a sad time. And, you know, something has happened that you don't think should have happened or somebody died perhaps before you thought the time was right. Maybe they're young. Uh, something unexpected happened of a, a violent death or something like that, or you lost a job or go through a divorce. Depression might be a real, real thing. Exercise is a great way to remedy that, you know, because I've read studies and studies for years, even back when I was in the police department and talking to people that were dealing with uh, trauma. You know, being a police officer is traumatic anyway. But I used to encourage people to have an exercise routine that you you have to do that. It's not an option. To me, exercise was officer safety. I'm not talking physical safety only. I'm talking emotional and mental safety. But exercise is a better metabolizer of adrenaline than anything else is. And that can actually stop some of that stress, and it works better than antidepressant drugs. Clinically, what I've seen with patients over the years is that sometimes that traumatic loss is so paralyzing, people can't even exercise. Yeah. They can't even breathe. They have so much anxiety or so much dread that minute by minute, they can't cope. Yeah. So one of the things that we've used to help them compartmentalize so that they can continue to carry out their activities of daily living is grief is okay. Yes. In the first three months, it might be okay to have this amount of time where we're focusing on that issue and we're actually working through our emotions. We're handling the fear. We're hang handling the anger, the unforgiveness, the resentment, the disappointment, the shame, whatever is around that 
emotional component of loss, we have to process that. Mm. If we stuff it, it just comes up later, oftentimes as a wound that hasn't been resolved. So grieving and grieving openly is very important. So we set a time to do that. And with, whether it's with a counselor, whether it's with an accountability partner, it's a talk partner, somebody where they can actually talk through what's going on on the inside. Because sometimes that anxiety is just too much for them to bear alone. It is. And there's a lot of books out there and um, ideas out there about the stages of grief. But, it, you know, generally it involves like denial, uh, anger, avoidance, and maybe finally a new normal or something like that. Um, but... There is no rule book on how long it takes a person to go through those stages. There's no rule book that determines how much of those stages a person goes through. And if somebody's out there dealing with the situation right now, don't let anybody put a rule book on you. And on the same time, if you are a person that is dealing with someone who's going through that, advice would be you don't need to fix their problems. Don't tell them what they should be doing. The best thing you can do for them is just provide one of two things, ears, right, or presence, right, or both. They don't need your help. You know, they might need your presence, and your presence might be the greatest help you can give them. The worst thing to do is try to come up with saying something, you know, because it's probably going to be wrong because there's no right words. The person going through that, you know, show some empathy, sympathy, et cetera, but you, you're not them, right? So let them go through that process. And so you nailed it. The person should be allowed to go through a grief process because it's, it's right, and there's no time frame on that. Well, I found that it's very important to help them keep, stay connected. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that depression, they'll sink into a deep hole and they'll disappear. And that can lend them into unhealthy behaviors like drinking or mm -hmm. drugging or smoking or self-destructive behaviors, not even bathing. Yeah. So having somebody that keeps in contact with that person on a regular basis to do a check-in, to remind them to do the things of self-care mm -hmm. that they should do on a normal basis. And when the time is right, like you said, to move them into activity and motion so that they can stay healthy through the process. Well, I, I have a person that I've known for a long, long time that's going through a traumatic time even right now. And, and uh, when I call, the person states to me many times, I didn't even want to pick up the phone. But they also know that I'm going to keep calling until they pick up the phone. I don't take up their time, you know, because I don't want to talk. But I will say... You know, I'm just thinking about you. And we'll offer, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And that's pretty much all you can do because when a person's in that place, they're stuck, man, and you've got to let them stay there. But sometimes you've got to get in that place with them is what you're saying, you know, and just, just call them and be there for them, but don't speed them up on any process. I'm also always very forthcoming and asking them if they're going to put themselves in a state of harm. If yes. so, that's when you got to call a helpline. That's when you got to really Good. reach out. That's when you got to get them extra help so that harm doesn't come upon them. And there is the right time for medication. Sometimes totally. we need an antidepressant to bridge the gap yep. until we can get our feet on the floor to actually cope with the everyday uh, life situations that are at hand. Well, I think if you're out there and you know, you're dealing with this, whether you're a person observing someone dealing with it or a person going through 
a trauma or a critical incident, uh, watch for destructive behaviors. If a person is observing destructive behaviors or a person is within the destructive behaviors, be honest about that and don't consider that a weakness. Consider that a strength because if you can be honest about that and, and talk about you know kind of where you are and what you're doing, that'll be better for you because many times if you deny that, uh, seeing that, you can allow someone to hurt themselves, right? And it's to not say something to someone that's like that or in that place is doing them the greatest disservice, you know? So if you're there, um, talk to somebody, work through the process, and realize there's somebody out there that loves you very much. And if nothing else, we do. Coming up next, sunshine and how it does a body good. I can't wait. Stay tuned. I could use your assistance. Okay. Um, Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus. <laughs> sure. Jesus. Jesus is here today. You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me by God Byron for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the first church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high stakes bingo night every Sunday. This video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes. This is a miracle. What, what is? Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my dad! That's more followers than Moses had! Jesus! Take the wheel! Say no! Stop! Take the wheel! I got it! I got it, buddy! And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Exploring biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, or anti-fragility. Start here. No gimmicks, just proven results. What are the benefits of sunlight on human health? Sometimes people refer to sunlight as vitamin S, right? It really or vitamin, does. vitamin, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because like <laughs> we tend to think that sunlight is, is, is bad or sunshine is bad or being in the sunshine is dangerous. 
I don't think it's that simple because God made sunshine. And if there's no sunshine, the earth can't exist and mankind can't exist either and the solar system can't exist. So there's, there's a benefit there. Maybe we don't understand all the benefits and maybe we don't think about it that way, but we should not be avoiding the sun as a whole. But there is some things to be aware of with sunshine. I remember early in clinical practice, in the wintertime, I would see more and more and more depression. And I began gathering clinical data on vitamin D levels. And in the wintertime, it is notorious that vitamin D levels drop low. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D is directly related to brain health. And vitamin D is not just a hormone. It is an antidepressant. Yes. So there is this thing called seasonal affective disorder that comes when the sun goes behind the clouds in the wintertime. It's crazy. I was even reading some stuff the other day that vitamin D is important for gut health, obviously immune health, and even, of course, we can't forget bone health. So vitamin D really is... Does the body good. It's more than a vitamin. It's actually, it's got a way to hook on to and signal through hormone receptors. So people have said it's kind of a, a vita hormone or a hormone a vitamin. It does both. And it's fascinating because we do get vitamin D conversion from the UV, UVB rays of the sun through our skin. But today, this is just kind of a theory or a hypothesis I've, I've formed based upon observation of blood labs. You know, we check that 25-hydroxy-D marker in the blood and it's going to say, like, healthy ranges are somewhere between 30 and about 120, depending on what lab you look at. But I've observed that people that are outside and don't take vitamin D typically still have low vitamin D, which would be deficient in the 20s, or even insufficient would be low 30s. And my, I, my hypothesis of that is because of the toxicity in our environment, right, the toxicity in our bodies and the skin being a barrier, that probably that ability to manufacture that D there has been disturbed because of the persistent organic pollutions in our environment. Well, that is very, very curious that that is likely a true statement. Mm -hmm. And so if vitamin D does a brain good and it changes mood, vitamin D also being a hormone mm -hmm. affecting the immune system, um, when we get sunshine, it's going to improve the immune system as we uh, elevator vitamin D levels. Yep. Now, vitamin D, there have been some studies that have been shown to uh, decrease hospitalization in individuals that have higher levels of vitamin D. Totally. I mean, even back during the COVID time, uh, we actually told people to get outside and get a little bit of sunshine on your arms, on your face, even for 20 minutes when they were sick. Right, we did that for a reason because it does tend to bring about some uh, form of happiness. I've I've said before, and this is a, you know, people know us know where this is coming from. There's healing in the sun, S U N, and also S O N, but you can't get the sun S U N being inside. You have to go outside. So there's something about fresh air. People even go get some sunshine at the beach. You know, why are you going to get sunshine? Why do you even want to do that? Because something in mankind wants to be outside. Something in mankind cues them to get outside and get some sunshine. You hear people all the time say, you know, I know I need to get outside. Well, there's something there inside of us that's telling us that. So <laughs> vitamin D and sunshine, it really is not a bad thing.
Mother Nature's sunshine creates the body's own antidepressant. Yep. It supports the body's immune system. It also supports the body's bone structure. So you sunshine does the body good. It does, and we still need to take vitamin D. So, you know, just a just a caveat, a tangential piece here. I have darker skin. You know, I am a Western European descent, right? I don't know what that means actually, but here I am, right? Colored skin and all, right? So darker skin people need more D to get their D numbers up inside their body. Now that kind of flies in the face of what you would think. You know, I have a tan on, it's not really a tan, but it's dark skin. We need more D because this darker skin blocks the absorption of D. So we don't get the sunshine's manufacturing a D if we have darker skin. So we've seen in the past through various databases that people with lower D associated with darker skin are more susceptible to more disease processes. So we've, we've got to make sure to take our D, and I recommend 5,000 international units for everybody over 12. So if we're talking about the sun and getting a little bit of sun exposure, would it stand to reason that the earlier hours of the day would be best before the sun is directly overhead when yeah. it's got the uh, highest exposure? Well, totally. Early morning or late evening would be the best time. Now, obviously try to avoid burning. You know, anytime you burn, that skin is peeling. That's just a uh, an oxidative stress kind of situation. Um, try to avoid as best you can slathering those uh, sunscreens on you that have toxic chemicals. You know, something like a little zinc-based uh, sunscreen would be good if you tend to get um, burned like that. And there's always a good old-fashioned umbrella. You've been known to use those a few times. I, you won't find me sitting outside in the direct sunlight. I will sit outside in the sun in the shade because the sun always makes for happiness. It does, and people like to be outside. I know that's one of the things that we like to do to get outside, and we're not sitting out in the sunshine all the time, I mean, probably the minimal time, uh, but we'll get out there and get in a pool or get out from underneath the umbrella a little bit and get a little sun and get back in. But try not to avoid or try to avoid getting burned, but the sunshine is so helpful for people. Um, we need to kind of begin to switch our thinking and switch the paradigm to think that sun is always bad. It's really not. Get a little sunshine every day, 15, 20 minutes at least every single day, folks, and you'll find yourself being happier and healthier and also getting a little vitamin D, but take it as well. So the sunshine is a healthy thing. Up next... Our financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives us advice on what you need to know at this time in history. Hey friends, you already know the answer to this, but we'll ask you anyway. If you stay away from your favorite junk food for a month and then go back to supersizing it, will your health improve? Well, that's the thing about change. To change, we have to be as consistent as possible. And when we go back to an old habit, it's not the end of the world. We just get back at the new habit. Before you know it, real transformation is evident to you and others. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life, and we'll auto-ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses, and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration. Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today.
Hey there, Kevin Sorbo here. Now, deep down, we know this. We're, we're more than just a brain and a body. We're a spirit, we're a soul, and we're also a physical temple. If you hit the wall when you're trying to improve one aspect of your being, it's probably because, well, other aspects are sabotaging our success. So that's why diets don't work. And frankly, why so much conventional wisdom from our so-called medical establishments falls flat. Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood have a very different approach. I should know because I happen to be one of their patients. They address the whole person to get to know you, your challenges, and more importantly, what your goals are. Then they offer a complete plan that addresses your unique biology and your heart. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. So find out more at Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo, or see the link before. Now, I'm heading for a workout. You should be going for a workout, too. All right, guys. God bless. Hey, everybody. Dr. Kirk Elliott here, and thanks, Mark, for, for having me on. Um, interesting topic today because it's it's a scary topic for everybody that has funds in the bank, right? So, I don't know how many of you have ever seen the old classic Christmas story, It's a Wonderful Life, right? But but in that movie, there was a run on the banks, right? And it's like, oh my word, nobody had any, any cash. Well, this actually is happening in real life and it won't be a wonderful life, right? So so the FDIC, um, the, the Federal Depository Insurance Corp, right? There, when you have a bank account, a checking account, savings account, your bank accounts are what? They're insured up to $250,000, right? So we all feel safe, right? We all feel safe that our bank accounts should be safe, right? They're not tied to the stock market. They're not tied to the bond market, or are they, right? Because what does the bank do with your funds? They lend it out, right? So, so they used to be that every $100 you would deposit, they would keep $10 back and they would loan out 90 bucks, right? So it was a 10% reserve requirement. Well, during COVID, the banks, all banks in America from the Federal Reserve said reserve requirement is zero. So they don't have to keep any money on hand at all. Zero, right? Oh my word, they could be ripe for, for a bank run, right? So they also did one other thing. This happened last year. Also what happened last year was they they actually took the fed took 2.5 trillion dollars of liquidity out of the banking system via a mechanism called a reverse repo mechanism which just means they gave all banks these worthless us treasuries and stripped cash out so they took out two and a half trillion they made a zero percent reserve requirement meaning banks don't have anything on hand so their 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 liquidity is like minimal but then in november of, of 2022 a meeting was held at the FDIC, and this video just came out uh, this first end of the first week in January. It was a video of their meeting. It wasn't intended for public consumption because these FDIC officials were talking, and what were they saying? We can't let the public know about this at all. Now, the bankers, they need to know what's happening in the markets and the impending collapse. And see, Mark, words have meaning right? So impending collapse, they weren't talking about a collapse that might happen somewhere down the road. 
an impending collapse of the markets, and the public can't know about what they're talking about in this meeting because that would have come with unintended consequences. It's like, what in the world were they talking about? So what they're talking about is the FDIC is running out of money. So we all think we have $250,000 insurance coverage. We don't because there's $9 trillion of, of our money in the banking system, $9 trillion, okay? They have $125 billion covering $9 trillion. That's 1.388%. So the FDIC only has 1.388% of all of our deposits covered. No wonder the FDIC officials, when they didn't know they were being recorded, said, we can't let the public know about this because it would come with unintended consequences, which would be what? A run on the banks. And how much banks do how much money do banks have? Zero. Zero percent reserve requirement. And they stripped two and a half trillion out. So so this is where. What do we do? I mean, seriously, what do we do when when our banks aren't even safe? And and you and I have spoken in the past, Mark, about stock market collapse, bond market collapse, and and a lot of times people just put their money in the banks when they want it safe, and they just want to sit on the sideline. That's not even a good option now, right? With with the banking system in in complete shambles, no liquidity, and now FDIC, the insurance coverage is so underfunded. They only cover 1.388%. So what do we do? What you and I have been talking about for months now, go into tangible assets like gold and silver. It's your safe haven. It's the flight for quality that we all need in times like this, because here's the growth that we've seen. Asset protection, first and foremost, we need to protect everything we've worked so hard to accumulate. Silver and gold are the safest assets in the planet because they are things and things go up with inflation. But over the last 13 weeks, silver's up almost 40%. It was, it was let's see, three months ago. So, you know, 12, 12 13 weeks. It was $17.97 an ounce. Today, it's well over 24. It's up almost 40%. But 12 weeks doesn't make a trend. So let's look back further. Two and a half years, silver was $11.91 an ounce in March of 2020. Now it's up to over 24. That's up 98% in two and a half years, averaging 38% year growth. That is amazing. In a time like this, when, when we're all concerned about stock markets collapsing, bond markets collapsing, we're losing equity in our houses, we can have a smile on our face like I always do because we can have something good. There's hope and there's light at the end of this tunnel. If you do the right thing, reallocate into silver or gold, tangible silver or gold, and we can help you with that. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable Kingdom Fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now.